welcome to decaf with taylor and mark in the beacon center of tennessee uh mark how's it going Good. today I'm excited. i got some sleep last night for the first time all week after our retreat so i'm pretty excited I know I came home and answered some emails and then found myself um, absolutely passed out. I don't remember <laughs> falling asleep. And then all of a sudden I just was asleep. And so, yeah, it was, it was a fun retreat. We had a bit of a bear situation. Not a, bit, like a very big um, bear situation. We could not get in our car because there were like, bears outside <laughs> blocking us for 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty intense. They were really after our food we had uh we'd cooked the night before in the house we'd grilled out cooked in the house and then all night there were just like bears all climbing all over the house i guess they smelled the mac and cheese that i made which honestly that's just called working smart not working hard like they just wanted some mac and I'm cheese i'm pretty and sure it wasn't the mac and cheese since that was cooked inside i think it was probably the burgers that were cooked outside but whatever whatever makes you help you sleep at night the mac and cheese was good yeah can, yeah can you just like hey, give I'll me say this, this you've please. done a good job with picking out food i was like it, this retreat there was some good stuff good burgers you got the brioche buns which is as we all know super classy the provolone cheese was just was just inspired you did a great job <laughs> with the food tip this time and i made a really good dinner reservation i found this a good restaurant and made a reservation a great place so you know i should just be in charge of all things well no because I, I don't agree with that because at the end when we all want to go out and hang out and drink you're like oh i want to go back to sleep so i don't want to hear anything about social me and jason Edmonds really held down the fort for like the the cool team beacon okay to be fair i wanted to hang out with more than just you and justin, jason justin and stephanie and I... wanted to go and everyone's like oh i need tara's like oh i need to go to sleep oh it's so late it's like 6 30 at night and who and who stayed up to come pick you not up? Not you. You did not try. You did not try. Jordan did. You can't take credit. I didn't have a car. I didn't have a car, but I rode with Jordan for moral support. Okay, <laughs> I was there to party, but I was there to party in my like pajamas. Take <laughs> up when you're not the one who drove. <laughs> That's ridiculous. This is this is turning okay. into a roast of me, and I don't like it. So let's <laughs> okay. roast someone else instead. My vote is that we roast the Metro Nashville Transportation Licensing Commission. And I know that sounds like your average bureaucratic organization name that nobody <laughs> actually wants to know what it means. And I agree with that. Um, there's been over the last, what would you say, Mark, year, year and a half, there's been a lot of talk from Metro Nashville about banning and or regulating transportainment vehicles. We're talking about the party buses, the even like like tour guide buses, like the big yellow, orange and green bus that picks up at Marathon and the trolley. I'm pretty sure that's included in this sightseeing vehicles. They were going to ban them forever and ever and ever. The state was going to jump in and preempt that with a state law saying you couldn't do it. Nashville said they wouldn't do it, so the state didn't preempt them. And what do you know? They went and did it. Um, what were the numbers? There were some really interesting numbers on this, one of them being that there were 150, how many of them, like 159 permits that were requested and only 80 something were approved like this is insane you're you're having these transportainment vehicles that are employing people and providing a service that clearly people in nashville want and a bureaucratic government organization is just slicing them and dicing them and costing them thousands millions potentially of dollars 
in in licensing fees for these trucks. And I think my least favorite word in the human language is licensing. Um, and so it definitely made me furious to see this. Mark, you got yeah, your thoughts? I mean, there's, a, there's two things to talk about. First of all, it doesn't really matter what you think of these vehicles. You know, I know a lot of people in Nashville don't like them. They think, you know, they slow down driving stuff. That, that's fine. I mean, I don't particularly like them myself personally. But there's two points to this. One, should the government be regulating this? Because, I mean, this is bringing in tax dollars. This is bringing in tourism. I mean, this is a really good thing for Nashville. And, of course, we get annoyed with it sometimes, you know, when you have drunk people yelling out. I understand that. But just because we don't like something doesn't mean we need to get rid of it or regulate it out of existence, basically. And we find that all the time. Like, there's, it goes against so many principles that people have. But they're like, I just don't like that. It's like, well, it doesn't matter if you don't. Don't take it then. I yeah, don't try to get down natural. Take it. Like, like, it doesn't matter whether you like it or not. The second part, which I think is the most important part, is this is a a horrendous, horrific thing that the government is doing to business owners because they started this business under these laws. They started this business saying, you know, I'm investing, you know, millions of dollars of my money, some of these transportation things, because this is a, you know, a good business proposition and we can make money in Nashville. And then once you do this, you change the rules in the mid game. So hypothetically, somebody could have invested, you know, $4 million in transportainment vehicles two years ago before there's any cent of that. And then Two years later, you're saying, oh, well, first of all, you have to reapply for a license. And even if you get it, what is it, $5,000 per vehicle? Okay, yeah, get this. So the biggest company that does these things, Honky Tonk Party Express, they requested 35 permits, and they were only given 17. It is $5,000 per vehicle for these licenses, and their fleet has just been cut in half. That effectively cuts their income in half. People are losing jobs. It, it is actually insane. Well, it could way more than half because they have 18 vehicles they can't do anything with right now they have to pay for. And now, on top of that, they're paying $5,000 per thing they didn't have to pay for before. I mean, this is just I, – this is the most anti-business thing I – one of the most anti-business things I've ever seen. And it is embarrassing. It's embarrassing for us as a city. And honestly, this needs to be rethought because this is not okay. And when business owners invest in something saying – Yes, these are the rules. You can't change it in them, change the rules mid-game after they've already invested. People are not going to want to come here. And it's just, again, whether it's the city council or any of the metro or national governments, like, they just don't, they can't get out of their own way. They, they don't understand anything. They have no economic sense. And they, they are just getting lucky that, you know, country, you know, country music's a big deal and people want to move here because of the rules the state put in. Because it's low taxes. They have done nothing except try to get people to come out. Oh, yeah, you're right. Get the tight. It, it, it's... It's an embarrassment to our city. It's an embarrassment to our state. And it's not a right left thing. It's not like it's just common sense versus not common sense. And everybody that I can think of that's employed by the Metro National Government, I, I don't see why they have a job. I, I honestly I'm not for anarchy, but like if we got rid of the national government, I think we would be way better off. I know. I uh I like what you said about like if you don't like these vehicles, don't get on them. Like that's just like, like, don't go downtown at night. Don't get on the vehicles, whatever. If you don't like it, don't have any part of it. That doesn't mean you have to ban them and cause people to be out of money, out of fun. I don't want to do any of these things at all. But if my little sister wanted to do one of those vehicles, better believe I'd book her one. I'd send her by herself, but I'd book one for her. If, 
making making the opportunity not available to the rest of the people just because you think it's noisy or you think it's loud or tacky. Like, there are a lot of things that I think are tacky, and if you put me in charge, I still wouldn't ban them. But I got a lot of opinions. That's This is just simple. This is very simple. Government needs to get out of the way and let these people do and, their and jobs. Like, you saw your sister, your younger sister. My 60-year-old mother and her friends went on the party, but, and they loved it. So it's like, it's not like, it appeals to a lot of people. And, yeah, I mean, I, I don't like... Um, I'm just not a big fan of, you know, Brussels sprouts or collard greens. I doesn't mean I think they should ban it from restaurants. Like this whole idea of banning things that we don't personally like is insane. And, and it's got to end. And it is a bipartisan thing where Republicans and Democrats both just say, I don't like this. What about banning jewels? The, the jewel, like smoke, like knock it off. Stop. Let people go their lives. Not Let people go on party buses and drink and have fun and spend money here. That's it. Let's 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 keep talking about that. Let's keep talking about government agencies trying to put in place regulations that have no business being there. Um, the Supreme Court just ruled this week that the EPA had no authority to regulate a certain part of the Clean Air Act. And from what you've read, Mark, we've we've kind of read different things on this. Not that not conflicting information, but we've been reading from different angles. From what you've read, Mark, it's actually a good thing for the EPA. I agree. Congress is going to have to go back and act if they want to. People who actually represent people and not just bureaucrats are going to have to go back and act to clarify if the EPA can regulate certain things. But I, I read the Associated Press. The Associated, the Associated Press is supposed to be right in the middle. The first line of their article on this was some snarky crap about how in the middle of the fight for climate change awareness – the the Supreme Court has just dealt the death blow to the EPA. Like, first of all, no, they didn't. Second of all, how has the EPA gotten so big? How has Metro Transportainment Services gotten so big? How has the FDA gotten so big? How have these agencies gotten so big that the Supreme Court literally has to tell them to chill out? Yeah. What is yeah, going on? And it's an interesting topic because um, I've seen a lot of uh, misinformation, um, mostly from my friends on the left about it. This basically is not even a big deal. It only said that the EPA can't do cap and trade, essentially, because it has such a huge impact on the economy. It's an oversized impact that, you know, an unelected bunch of bureaucrats can't make those rules. Um, and it was actually similar to kind of what, I, from what I understand, it's kind of similar to what we had with, like, the um, – you know, the mass mandates in airports where it's like, well, yeah, I, I don't know if mm -hmm. like th this is too much for an unelected board to do. So basically the Supreme Court said, you know what, you can still do the Clean Air Act. You can still regulate to some extent. You just, which actually is better than what, from what I understand, that the environmentalists were expecting. They said you still have some broad powers to do, you know, environmental things, but the cap and trade, it, it, it has too big of an impact on the economy. And that's not something that an elect elected board, uh, I mean, not elected board, an unelected board can do. And a point of board, six yeah. three. I mean, John Roberts was on board with the conservative um, people there, so it wasn't really that close. Which I feel like he's just a really good litmus test. Like mm -hmm. John Roberts, I feel like a lot of times is straight up the middle, and if he's siding, whichever side he sides on, I'm usually like, all right. Well, people on the right <laughs> will yeah. not agree with you. I think the Obamacare was real, really, really, no, obviously, that. some of even the. So I mean, that's. I think I think it's right to say that if. John Roberts in the majority, it's probably not an extreme view. I think that's a good way to say it. That, that's that's yeah. what I mean. That's what I mean. Yeah. If he's, I, I'm usually like, all right. If he's, if he's there, then all right. He's in the middle. Yeah. 
So, yeah, but yeah, I agree with so, that. So, but so I it, think it, 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 but it's again, don't listen to the talking heads. Don't listen to the media. This was actually not even a loss to the EPA. You know, I I wish they had less power. If I'm being honest, but it basically said, you know, they at least have to stop at some point, and cap and trade would have such a huge impact on the economy that an unelected board should not be able to do that. Yeah, I mean. This is this is the the theme of this episode seems to really be uh, trashing unelected governance boards and regulatory boards. But I think that it's time that we start calling these people out and we and we do and we do it a lot. You know, we do call out unelected representatives, regulatory, you can call them representatives. They don't represent anybody. They just go to work and make up laws based on what they like and don't like. But um this has been a, a big week for that, uh, a loss in one, some view to one of them and a gain in some view to another. I just, I, I, I don't want to go back to the transportainment vehicles, which also, <laughs> by the way, they call them transportainment, but it's transportainment. I don't really want to go back to it, but I will just for, just for one more thing. I don't know what gives the people in metro government the authority to do this but i'm almost at the point where i'm like if you can't beat them join them and i want to go like you've heard the stories about how people will run, run for hoa boards and then their first act as the hoa president <laughs> will be to abolish the hoa like i'm almost like but you're, you're not running for office and we are not talking about that <laughs> no i just mean yeah i'm not running for office it's just a funny story that you see on twitter a lot but I almost want to be like, hey, someone hire me, and then I just want to go in there and start losing papers and like forgetting what laws that we we want, forgetting what regulation we want to put in place. It's just it's just very very silly and very hurtful for Nashville employees, and I hope that they go back and uh, reconsider. Now let's talk about something actually happy and joyful. Buckies. <laughs> New Bucky's opened up in Crossville the day that we went to our staff retreat. And let me tell you, I have been at University of Alabama playoff games in football. Mark has been to many a jazz game. I've never in my life seen a crowd like that. That was one of the more insane experiences in my life. I told Stephanie I wish that she had like a child leash for me and she could just put me on a leash and keep track of me through the store because I was just really worried about getting lost. It was fun, Mark. It was. It was opening day, though, and it was packed. I mean, there were so many people, and I was. I was really overwhelmed in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, and then they yell. What did they yell about the meat? You know, when the meat comes out and the Bucky's people behind the sandwich counter, they start, they ring a bell and they start yelling something. I don't know what they were yelling, but it made me want to work at Bucky's because it looked like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and honestly, we saw like good for them. They get paid pretty well. Um, like we saw it start, mm-hmm. I think, like 17 or $18 an hour. Um, it's a big, it's a big. Boost yeah. across though. And it was a cool place. I was, I told you this, and I, I mean, uh, you told me that hopefully this is not how it usually is, but I had a brisket sandwich, which I've heard so much about. I've been one of you forever, brisket sandwich. Mm-hmm. It was just okay. The brisket was good, but I didn't like that it had barbecue sauce on it. Now, you told me, and it was so busy, I just took the pre made stuff, but you said that you can get it without barbecue yeah. sauce. Okay, man. Yes. Yeah. I've been to the one um, at the beach, like near Orange Beach Gulf Shores a few times, and you can go up and get it without sauce. It's like the perfect hangover food. It's just a brisket sandwich without sauce thing, on it. It's so cool. One thing I was happy with, which Taylor told me about, are these beaver nuggets. And they're fantastic. It's like the waffle mm-hmm. crisp cereal, but in a popcorn form. It is. They are very good. So I am excited to get back to Buffy so when there's good. not 4,000 people there. But it was, it was cool, and I would love to try some of the other food. 
I know their uh, their bathrooms are so nice. I usually get the cinnamon sugar cashews and a barbecue sandwich and a little little Dr Pepper situation. And I didn't get the barbecue sandwich this time because we had just <laughs> been to Chick Fil A. But better believe I got those cinnamon sugar cashews. And uh, they were so good. I got a new scrunchie. I don't have my scrunchie in my hair right now, but I got a tie-dye Bucky scrunchie. Um, they look at fans. everything, too. Big it's like, oh, fans. you want to go fishing? Here's some fishing poles. Like, you want to eat a meal? Here's something great. Uh, you want to go on Jeopardy? Here's a book on how. Like, it's, it's insane all the stuff they have. It is the most wide-ranging, gigantic <laughs> gas station. And now, you know what? It's going to be cool. Like, imagine in 10 years when we have Bucky's in Nashville and we have all the Wawa's. Like, we're going to have some real options for great, you know, gas station Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. There's so many gas pumps. They had flags up everywhere. They were selling grills. They were selling cast iron pans. I'm like, did my grills have at Bucky's this year, mom? What what a gigantic, wonderful place. We should have tailgated (laughs) that. I would have loved to like have a few beers in the parking lot of Bucky's for the grand opening. Pretty cool. (laughs) That would be a huge vibe. All right. So speaking of tailgating, Back, remember back in our days of tailgating when we were younger and we listened to, we would sit out at the tent. You, everybody remembers. Everybody go on this journey with me for a second. You set up the tent, you get your cooler, and you turn on music on your Bluetooth speaker or through your car speakers. At that time in your life, what were you listening to, Mark? What was the music that you were listening to at that time? I'll get to the main yeah, question later, I, but I what kind of music that, were you listening to? Here's the thing. Is like we didn't really tailgate much until college, and we didn't have a football team, so we only had a basketball team we tailgate for. So I actually think the, the tailgating um, at that younger age is a Southern thing. That's not really something we do. It's also, yeah. it's, you know, it's freezing in the winter, so we don't want to do it then. But it's like in college <laughs> is when I kind of started. So, I mean, I feel like at that point, like, that was kind of when I just got into my tailgating days were kind of, you know, freshman through senior year, and I just got into country music. So I was a really big, I don't like it as much anymore, but I used to love, like, listening to, like, Luke Bryan. Um, and and, and back, mm-hmm. back before, I don't love him now, but, like, and Jason Aldean. And that was kind of, like, like it was just a fun time. It was this country music. It was catchy. Um, and and Chris Cagle. And, like, yeah, and just and, and I just, I liked it. You know, I do the brats. And that was the thing. In Wisconsin, we did tailgating with brats pretty much always. Because that's oh. just a Wisconsin thing. So, like, you might have burgers and hot dogs, but brats were always the main deal. So, yeah, I think kind of that early, you know, that mid-2000s country yeah. music. Okay, yeah. I think mine were probably around – it was a, probably about the same kind of thing. And everyone knows, if you haven't been listening for long, you don't know how much I despise <laughs> country music. I hate country music. But in high school, that was most popular, so I listened to it. So now, on to part <laughs> B of the question – Looking back on the music that you listened to in your youth and back on songs that you used to really enjoy and artists you used to really enjoy, what are some of your biggest regrets? What do you look back on and you're like, what was he hearing? What was she hearing? She meaning me, me, myself. What did she hear in this that made her want to keep listening to this? What are some of your biggest, like, if people went through your iPod from those days, what would you be most embarrassed for them to So see? I think embarrassed is different from what's actually like not as good as I remember. Because so we the reason that we brought up this topic okay. is because me, Taylor, and Suzanne were driving back from the car yesterday and when we were talking about Elvis and all these things, listen to some Elvis songs so the new movie came out. And I made the point that, oh, I used to love this song. I wasn't not a huge Elvis guy, I just didn't really know many of the songs, but and either was Suzanne, but I love the song by his daughter, Lisa Marie Presley, called Lights Out. And it was like, it was on my, my watching, you know, 99, watching the VH1 Top 20 Countdown. It was a song that I like, I really liked. And I didn't, I'm like, I wouldn't heard this for 15 years. So we forced Taylor to play in the front. And it was bad. It, it, like, I don't know how I liked And I, I, at first, I, I recognized, I'm like, wow, I can't believe I liked the song. 
And I listened, like, I honestly listened 10 times last night. So I love this song for a reason. It's just not good. I don't know what. what and, yeah. and that was the one song, I'm like, gosh, I can't believe I used to think it was so good. It's amazing. I, I, my song, I mean, it is bad. And I criticize Mark's taste in music all the time, but I will take Fastball okay. and whoever else, Phil Vassar, compared to what he put me through in the car yesterday. Yeah, I think so for me, the song it's funny. And also realized she didn't like the song anymore. So it, was, it wasn't just me. That was like a kind of a hit in like that. And she's like, oh, yeah, I love that song. And we're like, wait, we do not. Never mind. We do not love that song. I think for me, the other day I was on Instagram and I scrolled to like a reel on Instagram and it started playing Big Green Tractor <laughs> by Jason Aldean. So it's funny that you bring up Jason Aldean now. And I heard that song and in my head, I was like curling my hair and I wasn't really paying attention. And in my head, I was singing the lyrics and I was like, hey, hey, girl. Hey, past Taylor. Hey, Taylor at age 16. Hey, girl. Somebody out there is going to make some better music for you to listen to. Just turn this off. Like, I felt bad for her, the little girl that was driving around in her Honda Civic listening to that music because I, I felt bad for the her. The worst thing is about this is that I actually kind of agree with that. I like Giselle D, but that song is not good. And I also like that song. I'm like, outside of the, the bad lyrics and stuff, like, it just wasn't that catchy. I don't know why I liked it. I think you always have this thing where it's like the people in the South are like, oh man, a big green tractor. Like, oh, I was, you know, that, that reminds me of my neighborhood. Where is that? But then you have the people in the North being like, oh, that's kind of cool. That's how they all live down there. And it's like, it's just, it's just this weird thing. But I actually agree with that. Totally now, the other problem is that there's so many songs that you liked, that you still like, that you shouldn't. Most of the music you like from that era is bad. Um, the, not, not all, not all some it's okay, but just the obsession with, and, and we talked, Dashboard Confessional is the absolute worst band that's ever existed. And you still like them. And, and Vindicated was a song that I, when I was, you know, 12 or 13, I'm like, man, this song is so deep and good. It is trash. They say nothing. None of the lyrics mean anything. It's just a bunch of morons just whining about life without they're like, oh man. And they use all these like analogies that don't even make sense. You feel like they're deep at that time. But really, just, they're just dumb, and they're just using words. It's like a word game. I think you're just trying to hurt me. They're bad. Because <laughs> I love the dashboard. I had a photo of Chris Caraba on my wall in high school. I had a photo of Travis Barker, a photo of Mark Hoppus. I had all the photos of all my little punk rock kings on my <laughs> wall in high school. And I still, I saw Dashboard Confessional recently. I'm wearing the t-shirt right now. I still love them, and I will die on this hill, that Blink-182 and the spinoff bands, Plus 44, Angels and Airways, Boxcar Racer, like, all incredible bands, and Mark will never agree with me on this. I, we were listening to Yellow Card in the car yesterday, and I got in, like, I literally got in, like, eight songs before Mark was like, you have to join this. At least I don't even mind that genre. Like, I don't like Blink-182, but they're not bad. Like, they have catchy songs. thing is... Dashboard Confession on Yellow Card don't have as catchy songs, and they're so much more whiny. They're not funny. Their voices are terrible. Their instruments are bad. Like, they're just not good at anything. And I understand why you liked it then. I get it. It was fun. Like, I think Vindicated was a catchy song. I thought that was cool. It felt important. The fact that you still like it today is really my issue with you. Not, not that you liked it back then. And these are bad. Blink-182, I'll give you. I will not give you Yellow Card. They are awful. Ocean Avenue is our only good song, and that's it. But here's the thing. I <laughs> I had so much angst as a teenager, and I say had as a teenager as if I've grown out of it. 
I still have so much angst. And so I really feel seen and known by these emo bands that really magnify and uh, accept me and my angst. And so I don't apologize. I love what I love and I will love them for the yeah, rest when, of my life. When you want to go like so, cry at the skate park, you can listen to those songs. It's just, it's just a, they're not great, but I'm glad that. My skateboard is in my car. My skateboard is in my car. My noise canceling headphones are by the door. That's why we believe in subjective value. Um, there is no value there to me, but at least she can do whatever she wants. And because, guess what? I hate those bands, but I'm not trying to ban them. I'm not like national. You can do whatever you want. Listen to them. Yes. No justice for Blink-182. We will not ban them at all. Okay. Well, Mark, I feel like we really came full circle on that. You got any final thoughts before nope, I sign I'm good. us off? We'll see you next week. All right, you've been listening to Decap with the Beacon Center in Tennessee. We will see you next week.